everybody. It's Video Vampires with Mickey and Jessica. Okay, it's Welcome. been a while. I know. I feel I feel like I forgot what I watched, and luckily I actually took notes last episode, so I wouldn't repeat myself. But I've seen some things in the theater. Mm -hmm. I saw Elvis, the Baz Luhrmann Elvis. So here's here's the thing about it. I didn't like it, but I didn't like Tom Hanks. I wish he wouldn't act anymore, to be honest. I I think I hated him that much. I don't I don't like the character he played anyway, but um he plays like Elvis's longtime um manager and abuser Tom. if you will. Yeah. Um but like it was just too his take was like too comical for like such an evil man that he was playing. I don't know. There was that part I didn't like about it. I just thought he was not good in it. And uh but the other side of it, it is flashy. It's fucking Elvis Austin Butler. He yeah. is great as Elvis. He sounded like Elvis. He moved like Elvis. And like some people were like, oh, he, he didn't look like it all the way in the face. But he fucking nailed it. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I just, the idea of an Elvis movie shot in Australia really kind of got under my, you know. I just it was, was shot like, in Australia? Yeah. That, remember that's when funny. Tom Hanks, he got COVID. That oh, was that's when, the yeah, COVID? That was, that's, oh, yeah. wow. That's funny. No, I didn't know that. But, um, I mean, honestly, it was pretty good. I don't know why they couldn't have shot it here. But I guess that Not makes sense if like... we were in COVID you know oh wow america but it's like really i mean elvis <laughs> is pretty like it, it's it's a pretty american thing it's very just, southern yeah too i'm it, surprised I, just, I don't get it but recently I, I don't like bez Lorman, so i'm not gonna really i mean yeah. romeo and julia is like the teenage especially teenage girl movie of our lives we'll never yeah, do dicaprio and claire danes it's just it's great i i really liked um uh no <laughs> i actually have never seen that um what's his other one with i can't think the f scotch fitzgerald great gatsby thank you great gatsby yeah. i i remember liking that but um you know whatever but i i would say i liked it i'm not mad i went to go see it in the theater but honestly i'll probably never watch it again um, it was kind of cool to remember certain things about Elvis. Like, there's some live footage reenactments that, like, I remember watching on TV when I was a kid. You know, like, mm -hmm. they would play them on, like, cable TV. And I remember just being, like, a little kid watching them. And that was pretty cool. Have um, you ever been to Memphis? No. And I, I really want to go, actually. It's very, you know, musical city. I am in the South now. And so I need to take a road trip for sure. I went in my, like, early 20s. I remember my neighbor downstairs when he found out i was going he's like oh man you gotta make a point to go to graceland i cried like so hard and i was like what a fucking baby but i went to graceland <laughs> and by the end of it i was like bawling my eyes out because you like you literally follow this guy's life like on this tour and then you end at his like gravesite, and you're just like i don't know like the idea of like him owning graceland when he was like 20 21 i remember i was like 22 or 23 and i remember being like i'm a failure Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's like it was just but one I mean, of those. He was also exploited and like sure, and he also life. ripped off a lot of you know stuff, you know. So it's not and and there, you know I liked with the Graceland tours that they don't they don't need to. Well, that was get into the one thing stuff. about the movie is like uh, there is um, tribute to the artists that um, Elvis had sang their songs and and so sure. I did like that, but I wonder how much of it is truth in the way of how much control he had over that. But I don't know, man. It's a sad fucking story when you think about it. Uh -huh. um, I did also see Thor, Love and Thunder so by Taika Waititi. Um, it's hard not to like anything he does. And he does, and Taika Waititi does tragedy really well. 
Um, and I'll, I'll do that because I think most of his movies has been tragedies, like whether it like Jojo Rabbit or like, um, what's it, um, Hunt for the Wilder People, um, even the last Thor that he did, um, it's all centered around like really tragic and sad events and like how people come through them. So it's like always this like underlying later, like layer of humanity, which I do really like. And it was pretty funny. I, I wouldn't say I like it more than um, his last movie, but I did like it. Christian Bale is great. I mean, I honestly even, and I remember seeing a quote that circled the internet that was like, he, he when he was asked like, how do you feel about joining the MCU? He's like, I don't know what that is. But that's how I feel he took on this role. He was like, I don't care that it's a Marvel movie. I'm Christian Bale. I'm going to show up. He was, like, so good at being really creepy. I, You know, it's funny because, like, um, I, I saw it too. And I liked it. I thought it was fun. I didn't think it was a good movie. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I actually thought Christian Bale, like, I thought his character, like, in the, the way they set up his character in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. And then he kind of played him like the Joker. Like, but not like, not he, but, like, kind of like, you know, like the see, you know, there's a scene where he's like all the kids in the cage and he like pops up and he tells this. Oh, like, the head. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it was, it was fine. Just like, I thought the character is going to be much more interesting than he was. I mean, like I said, I thought the movie was fun. I didn't think it was a good movie. I mean, like, I thought there was a lot. And I mean, I feel like even Taika Waititi said, yeah, we sacrificed the story for in, in lieu of jokes, you know, and that's fine. I mean, like, yeah. I feel, I feel like they, uh, the reason why I'm not hating on it is because. I feel like they made the exact movie they were planning to make. Like there was, it wasn't a failure at all. Some parts are really good. Like this whole in the shadow realm, I thought when it turned black and white and they were in space, um, that was Oh, visually it was fucking stunning. It was It really was. And I, I don't know how much I love Natalie Portman, even though she's been an actress that I respect in a weird way, but she's just not good at these type of movies, but that's fine because you know, they killed off her character. Sorry. Spoiler. Um, you kind of knew that like from the beginning that that was, was going to happen anyway, sure. but, um, I don't know. I, yeah, like you said, it was just like entertainment. It wasn't yeah. anything, uh, great. I'm glad I saw it. It was fun. And I, you know, I like that Taika had the chance to direct a movie like this. Um, mm -hmm. I have a feeling that the other movie I saw you've seen as well. So keep going. Wait, well, uh, okay. Well, I haven't, I think that was it. Oh wait, no. Did I talk about black phone? Did you finally see it? I, I, I saw it the same like me and my wife went to a double feature we saw black phone and then we turned around and saw when saw thor um so yes i have seen black phone wait so let's talk about because i can't remember if i talked about the last episode but i've seen it i've okay. seen it too yeah so so what's your take on it then i was not ex i wasn't like excited about going but it was one of the things that my wife really wanted to see and i was like okay i feel like i could like i could get behind going to see that and i fucking loved it Okay, I honestly, thank you. I thought I, I was too. like, it, it was like, I honestly feel like there's some people way. hating, and I, it makes me like mad. I'm it, like, I've weird. had to like ignore it because it's fucking great. It really was. I mean, like, I Stephen King said something to the effect of like, oh, it's it's this generation stand by me, and I was like, I don't agree with that. I don't feel no, like it I don't was because all the kids are dead. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but also like, I I knew what he was trying to say about like you know like this coming of age story, but like I didn't agree with that. That being said, I was like so fucking impressed with that movie and like how much i got into it and like um and i i honestly feel like movies that take place predominantly in one location are both really fascinating to watch and can be really difficult to execute because like how do you make that entertaining how do you keep that like whatever like one 
you know, at, at one point, you know, for those who haven't seen it, he gets basically trapped in a room. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of the movies in that room. And like, uh, it was so well done. Yeah. Um, so well done that I was able to ignore the obnoxious people at, I'm, I'm sorry, AMC theater is the fucking worst place to see a movie, but there was literally a guy behind me with his wife or his mother. I couldn't <laughs> tell, but like, he's like, okay, at one point, you know, it's like the, you know, the kid's trapped in the room and the camera pans up and you see the phone for the first time. And the guy goes, Oh, that's the black phone. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> fucking God. I was like, it is. That's I was the like, movie. say what you see, Cut pal. Scene, like, roll credits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I really, I thought Ethan Hawke was, I thought the kid was amazing. Dude, okay, so both of the, so uh, I was like also PMSing when I saw this movie, and so the first scene with, you know, because it's the 70s, and like, yes, uh, beating your kids is totally acceptable, and like, rampant, and like, the, when um, they show like their family life, I like cried. I like could, I yeah. was like, that little girl is so, was so believable, yes. I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is, I don't want to watch this. And then, um, so like you said, Ethan Hawke was great. I really liked um, that, well, also Ethan Hawke was kind of ripped. Did you notice that? Especially when he was sitting like with the mask. It, it was definitely an interesting look, I think, because it made him more attractive, even though he's very creepy. And yeah. I can understand why kids would be like, oh, this fit, like weird yeah magician guy like i don't know like yeah i'll mm -hmm. talk to him maybe i'll see a manager or i don't fucking know um it was it was very interesting i did like that he had kind of like a dullard brother uh too that was like it was funny i thought that it was, was funny. yeah it was funny that was, i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but that there was one part where, where involving that where i felt was like uh i didn't feel like that made much sense like what i liked about the black on uh, the black phone was that everything seemed to like click everything seemed to work and make sense except for one part involving the brother where i was like no i was like that doesn't make any sense to me like there's no there's no reason why that had to have happened but what? i don't want to give it i don't want to spoil it for anybody i haven't seen it um well, but i'm trying to figure out what part you're talking about it, so it's towards the it. end towards the end with the brother the end it, end yeah the end and what happens with the brother where i'm just like ah that doesn't make any sense to me like but you he know, thought i mean it, i mean he he couldn't convince the brother that this was okay you can't sure you know, but like hey, that's why i was kids like kids in the basement it's that's fine. why i was like that's why i was like i just didn't understand why they went that direction but that being said like what i one of the things i like about as you mentioned the 70s was that like i i have a hard time with like these period pieces where they like especially 70s and definitely the 80s where they're like oh let's punch in on the most absurd aspect or the most like over the top you know aspects of that decade and they didn't with this one. And they, you know, it's like, you know, with like when you see like an 80s movie, like, um, oh God, for fuck's sake, like a movie that takes place in the 80s. I'm, I'm using Wedding Singer as a bad example, but like <laughs> where it's like everybody has like a flock of seagulls haircut or like a ridiculous, it's like not everybody did that. You know, it's like they're only focusing on like the more, you know, garish over the top. Yeah. You know, and whereas, and so that's what I liked about the Black Phone was that like it takes place in the 70s and there's definitely moments that are very, you know uh specific to that time period but it didn't feel like it was like hammering it in it felt like and they in that and it also gave that feeling that movie like kind of like a timeless quality that is one of the few movies that i've seen that have come out in the th you know in the past like few years that i would actually own i would own that movie because i would watch that again i really was so surprised by how much i enjoyed that movie and i knew yeah, you would like same, it because it's, it's your boy house uh wait who's my boy 
Well, it was based on a short story by Joe Hill. Oh, Joe Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. Um, and I was trying to figure out if I had read it before or not because I have a bunch of his short stories that I've read a while ago that I cannot remember. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I love. I fucking love Joe Hill. Um, I love everything he does too that translates to TV. I don't even care. I love Lock and Key and Nosferatu. I think they're very cool and creepy, and it is definitely that vibe. There's very, and it is a lot like his father, which I I kind of see because um, I rewatched it as well. Like I was feeling that vibe, which is funny which because the newer the the remake okay. one, I won't watch the original one because um, Tim Curry still makes me have nightmares. Um, and so I in Black Phone, I liked that it was layered, that um, it didn't over-explain itself because there's right. no reason to. It just right. exists in this realm where these kids might be touched, you know? Yeah. And then also, I like that it was layered with different things. Like, no one gave anything away. They just, like, replayed their past to him, which was very interesting. And so I, I really liked it. I really, yeah. really liked it. I think people who hate it suck. Um, yeah, I mean... I would have been one of those. I, w- I would have thought I'd be one of those people, but I, I really enjoy it. I actually wish the guy who made Scott was it Scott Derrickson who did you know Black Phone. I wish he had done the new It because I feel like he yeah, got. He, I feel like that was what I wanted the new It to be like. That feeling yeah. of like dread. And yeah, exactly. And there's a few parts in it that really are good in the new it but it's just it's not it could have been much better and it too is still one of the worst movies i've ever fucking seen sure um and then you know for tv stuff i've been watching blackbird um which is fucking great it's taron egerton who was in kingsman and he played elton john Mm -hmm. um and then uh i can't remember his name but he was in like i tanya and richard jewell um, that guy, and it's like a prison type where, like, you know, guy gets um, sentenced to like a long time, and they're like, if you help us elicit a confession out of this other guy, which I guess is based on a true story, I haven't looked it up, so I don't ruin it for myself. Um, you can get out of prison, but he's sent to like maximum security prison for like mm-hmm. disgusting, you know, um, violent criminals or whatever. And so he's it's it's very good. Ray Liotta's in it. I'm not sure how much longer he's in it. I've only watched the first few episodes, but um, there was like a little thing when he died. So yeah. I'm like wondering if he was still filming this when he passed away or if it was like his last thing. But it's really good. It's very tense. Taron Egerton is a really good actor. I've I've heard in, in the rumor mill that he might be the new Wolverine, which I kind of back. He's like short and he's fucking big. Like he's big in this show. He like mm. worked out a bunch. Um so you know good on him um i finished the boys the new season of the boys have you ever seen it no it's a it's a comic from garth ennis who did preacher well i know um, that i just didn't want it's because of the same people who did the boys yeah it is i i know i i still hate seth rogan for this i will never forgive him for what he did for preacher um, on the other hand, I really do like the boys in the direction with it. And also, like, the actors are great. Um, Carl Urban is fantastic. Anthony, I do like Carl Urban. Fuck. Anthony. That's his name. Um, Anthony something. I can't remember. But he played Banshee. But he plays Highlander in The Boys. And he's fucking great. And then I, I, it was a long time ago. I remember liking The Boys, but it wasn't my favorite. And so it's been a while since I read the comics. So I'm not, like... Um, super snobby about the changes in it because I don't remember them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I do really like it so far. It is a very glaring um, kind of satire look at our current society. Um, mm. But, and hero worship and everything like that. It's it's pretty fucking good. Um, I've started The Wheel of Time. 
obviously a fantasy um, novel, Robert Jordan, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I do like it, but I do see why people complain. There's And it reminds me, my complaints are more of kind of like The Hobbit. I'm like, why did they do this? They could have used practical effects to make this look so much better. Instead, they like wasted it on like shitty CGI. And you're like, it just makes it look bad. Mm-hmm. Why Why would you do this? But some parts are good. Sometimes I'm, I think I'm, it's enough for me to like go through it and hope that the second season um, is better than the first. But I I don't hate it. Um, and then, oh, I've been watching like some fucked up like documentaries on Netflix, like The Girl in the Picture, which is a true crime story. Um, and then also Keep Sweet and Pray. And, you know, I had just been a sh- big love. So like I really wanted I started watching it, but it's very depressing. Mm. Um, and then, oh, and then The Umbrella Factory. Have you ever seen this? What the fuck, no. Mickey? It is a comic. It was written by, what's his name, Gerard um, Butler? The guy from uh, yeah. Gerard Way or whatever. Gerard from, Way, uh... yeah. Who's Gerard Butler? He's that Oh, actor. that's the actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gerard Way. Um, it's, it's really fucking good. I really like the first few seasons. This one, I, I heard some complaints about the CGI, but like, I, I honestly don't mind it that much. I do Is like this the one with Elliot Page. Yes. And yeah, I, I saw I saw some of the first season. I do like how they kind of talked about um, the transition that he had because it it was just nothing in the show. It was really funny. It was just like, hey, this is who I am now, and everyone was like, okay, cool, and they just went on with the storyline, which I really liked. You know, which should wasn't... be way the way it is in yeah, real, real in real life. life. It, yeah, it can't exactly. be like that. Yeah. Um, and so I I really loved it. I I. I like it all, and it's fun. It's like fun multiverse time tra- travel shit, you know. That's like very much in in a fiction setting rather than like science fiction. It's just fun, you know. Hmm. I, I like it. Um, and then I rewatched Vampires. And John Carpenter. Yeah, because that's you... weird. That is so weird because I did the same thing a few did nights you? ago. Because yes. you love it, and I was like, Mickey it's always bad. About... It's bad, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's a bad fucking movie. It's, it's bad, it's, but I love it. It's funny in certain ways, uh, but it's like, I feel like it's trying too much to be from dusk till dawn, and it's just not. Oh, see, okay, so my backstory with that real quickly is that I read the book that it was based on, and so me and this other, this this guy I knew from, you know, in the town I went to high school, me and him, it was like the first time we had ever hung out, like, outside of mutual people that we knew and me him and a few other people went and saw vampires and me and him walked out we were the only ones who were like yeah i liked it um i know it's a bad movie and it's really rough to watch when you're like when you see how badly cheryl lee is like just completely abused in that movie yeah yeah, yeah. i was like oh my god that being and like, what's said, it, which baldwin is that uh, um, he's not. He's then, one of the better Baldwin's as far as like slapping know. her around, and then he's like, "Yeah, I just mean like you know, in real life, he's one of the better Baldwin's." Oh, not, oh yeah. yeah, I'm like, there's a bunch of them, but I can't remember which um, one is. But yeah. Uh, but that being said, is that there's moments in vampires that I actually think are legitimately creepy. Like um, the funny thing is the book, like where the book and the movie end, as far as like you know, the movie follows everything up until like the the motel scene in the beginning and then the book the movie goes in a completely different direction but i remember like that motel scene i was like that's fucking great like just the idea of like just this guy coming in just tearing up the entire group of people in the motel and then there's a scene where all the vampires like they come up they come up out of the ground at sunset which is shot beautifully 
And then they're like, basically, they just completely wreck this monastery. And mm-hmm. that scene to me was really creepy because the idea that like these monks, basically from a distance, see all these vampires just come out of the ground. And they're like, oh shit, it's happening. And they're running and they're ringing the bells. And then by the time the sun's completely down, the vampires just like completely waste everybody in that monastery. So that stuff's cool. And then there's the scene where like they go to that weird abandoned town and they're like doing the whole elevator thing which is actually in the book but i actually thought that scene was pretty creepy like there's moments that movie i Mm -hmm. think are really legit creepy and then there's moments in that movie that i think like i still think the ending is one of my favorite endings of a carpenter film like the idea of like you know when james woods basically tells his like best friend slash whatever he's like look you're gonna become a vampire so i'm gonna give you a few days head start and then i'm gonna fucking kill you but I love you. And then they like hug and you're like, yeah. And and I'm just like, every time I watch, I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, that's so it's the last time I ever saw James Woods in anything that I'm like, I can tolerate him in. Um, Yeah. Right. Well, I was thinking about that. Cause I was like, what happened to him? He did thinner. And then like, that mm -mm. was it. At least that's what I remember. No, he did Videodrome. He wasn't in thinner. Uh, the guy who was in Thinner was the guy who played Robocop and Robocop. Oh fuck. Yeah. Dude. I always thought that was, wait, what is he's not, is he in another Stephen King one? He was in cat's eye. Yeah, I know that. I'm talking about 90s. Uh, no? I don't think so, no. Fun. I don't I think totally so. I thought that was him for a second. But yeah, James Woods was one of those actors that, like, you would think, you know, like, I don't know. He just went fucking batshit crazy at a certain point, And, like, now he's, like, this crazy, like, right-wing creeper, you know. That. But, yeah. but like, you know, I still love video drum. And Vampires is just, like, I think Vampires to me is what Thor is. You know, the new Thor. Where it's, like, I feel like they made the movie they were trying to make. Like, I don't think they were trying to do anything. I think it's, it, for what it is, it's it's enjoyable. But I am also well aware that I'm, like, oh, my God. Some of this is just really bad. And it doesn't age well. But <laughs> it doesn't. It does not age well. It's really, you know, and, like, um, but that being said, it's the closest we're ever going to get to a John Carpenter Western which I do like. Um, and you can tell that for what it's worth, James Woods is having the time of his life playing that character. You know, like I'm sure like he was like, wait, I get to walk away from this, like this giant explosion in slow motion. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, but I know it's bad. I'm not, I'm not dumb. I know. All right. Um, I'm glad you, you rewatched it. Uh, yeah. I went and well, so I saw Thor and I saw black phone and then um, they did a 4k restoration of lost highway. Oh, so cool. I really, really wanted to see. It. I think it's going to come out on DVD and or on Blu-ray in um, October, but uh, from Criterion, no less. But there was this whole story about how Kino Lorber, like they released it on Blu-ray, and then David Lynch was like, he put out a statement, being like, "God, I wish they had actually like you know did like got a better source, you know, for a print, you know, to uh, to release, you know." And they were like, and Kino Lorber was like, "Hey, we reached out to you like so much." And you never responded, but he, they finally cleaned it up. He did, you know, David Lynch shoots a little intro in the very beginning of it. I, that was a part of the reason I wanted to see that in theater. It's giving it a, it's got a limited run at like indie theaters. I saw it in the Lamley. Uh, that was a movie that I desperately wanted to see in the theater when it came out. Like I really wanted to see that movie and I couldn't find, I wasn't old enough yet. So um, I, it was kind of checking that off my list, you know, but I saw that and then um and then a lot of stuff I just watched, I watched from home, you know, like I watched a movie that had been long on my list and I was like, I, should I do this? Cause it was like, uh, it's a movie called last house on dead end street. And it was basically like what mm. Serbian film was. Oh yeah. It, I was like, it sounds really familiar, but it was probably in my search for the most offensive film. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's definitely should fandom. be on there. That being <laughs> said, and it's on Tubi for some inexplicable reason. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's never actually had an official release. It's actually the only time, the only way you can watch it on Blu-ray or DVD is that, 
uh, I think Vinegar Syndrome put it added it as like a, a hidden bonus feature to one of their movies, like mm-hmm. the entire movie. Um, but it's like it's a really sleazy, um, really disturbing. You know, this guy is just basically getting he gets out of prison, he decides he's gonna get revenge on like just people in general, and he basically like kind of organizes like this weird Manson like cult and then like basically shoots a snuff film. And uh-huh. <laughs> um, that being said, it, it's really, it can be really tough to watch. It is fucking, it is real. There's moments in there that I'm like, this is fucking genius. Like there are some solidly great moments in that movie that are like really effective, really creepy and, and really unsettling in like, you know, that, Oh, I feel gross type way. The score is like unbelievable. It's awesome. Like I saw it on vinyl long time ago and i never pulled the trigger because i was like oh, i'd never seen the movie but it's one of those things where it's like oh if i could find that on vinyl again i would it is the soundtrack is very creepy and very cool um so i watched that um so if, if you guys have tubi or it's free um, yeah there's a lot of shit on tubi but it's like you have to watch commercials and usually i don't mind the commercials i actually minded the commercials on this because you would watch some pretty horrific or really disturbing shit. And then it'll cut to a commercial and you're like, whoa. <laughs> and, the, and the cool thing is that the movies are uncut, you know? So it's not like the commercials aren't like there to like whatever, to pad running time or anything. It's just they're there. And that's how Tubi gets away with having the catalog they have is the commercials. So in weird way, I will, I will, you know, I'm okay with it because I've gotten to see stuff on Tubi that I've never been able to see because it just hasn't been available. Like there's a movie that I've watched quite a few times on Tubi that I'm, I'm strangely obsessed with talking about movies that take place in one location. It's a movie called the telephone. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Rip Torn, the, you know, oh, the actor. Really? It's like the only movie he really directed, but it's got Whoopi Goldberg and she plays this at, like struggling actress in New York who basically just spends the entire movie. Like most of the movie on like on a phone, like prank calling people are just like, you know, nah. verbally abusing people over the phone. It's this weird 80s movie. It was a complete flop, but there's something about it I really like and I'm really fascinated with. So I've watched that on Tubi. And then I've watched, you know, Freddy's Nightmares is now on Tubi and not a lot of them are good, but there are there are some there's some fun stuff on there. So I think Tubi's actually a godsend. So I'll I'll uh I'll put up with commercials here and there, but this was not this is a movie where i was like oh god i wish there was no commercials because i'm so jarred right now like from like this i just watched this one guy fucking be forced to give a blow job to a deer hoof and then <laughs> and then the next fucking next thing is like you know something for i don't know coca-cola some, uh, or some insurance yeah. thing yeah it's some bullshit <laughs> i was like jesus christ you know but um that that's pretty much what i've watched i was doing you know as i've mentioned before i was hosting a movie night and we're on hiatus right now but i showed quite a few movies every sunday night um from april till july 3rd the last movie we showed was return of the living dead because it takes place on july 3rd so i yeah. really wanted to show it on july 3rd and i mean how could it, you not it was it was fun i mean it was surprised by how many people who showed up to the bar had never seen it before um we did uh wild. I did give away a copy of the soundtrack on vinyl. The way to win a raffle ticket was, you know, if you bought every for every drink you bought at the bar, you would get like a raffle ticket. And this one guy, uh, he wanted the record so bad that I was legitimately worried that he was going to give himself alcohol poisoning. And I was like, you know, part of me was like, dude, you could just buy this on Amazon. But um, he ended up winning the record. So thankful. And, and he and he ended up making it home in one piece knock on wood <laughs> uh so it all it was all really good but uh it was a lot of fun but yeah so i was doing that so i was watching movies every sunday and because of that because i was getting you know programming that i, I didn't get a chance to like you know 
sometimes I wouldn't watch stuff on, during the week because I was busy like working on that. Anyway, that being said, uh, do you want to talk about the movie we watched? Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because um, I have always heard about this film, but I've never actually seen it. It's mm-hmm. like one of those. It's early John McTiernan uh, who did it's his first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who did Predator, Die Hard, Last Action, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I actually also rewatched. It was like my Father's Day movie for my dad because yeah. that was like he finally got surround sound and it was the first movie he played and he like made the whole house shake with how loud he would play that movie. That's funny. But it's it's also really fucking good. But yeah, anyway, this, is, this movie was done by John McTiernan um, and it's the first, I think, feature film that Pierce Brosnahan was in. As That's well. right. Because he, he'd been on Reming- he'd been on a show called Remington Steel. But do you want to give the synopsis before? Yeah. I... So, so, um, and, and there's interesting. There's a, there's a little misinformation on like the Wikipedia page in the sense that they say it's an adaptation of a novel. It's not the oh, novel. Really? I, well, yeah. I didn't. I was like, I never read it, but that's kind of funny. The novel was actually the novelization of the movie. What happened though is, and this has happened a few times with movies, where this happened with the Fun House by Toby Hooper, where the novelization came out before the movie did because, because the, the movie, movie it, yeah. it, there was like it was the studio was taking time to release it there was like an issue so um in this case nomads came out the movie came out after its novelization did but it is a movie about this french anthropologist who comes to la with his wife um and, and by the way the french anthropologist is played by pierce brosnan who dude i he, love pierce brosnan but there's listen, no there's nothing his accent yeah if he wasn't so fucking hot in this movie i would have hated but like it makes up for his accent being so bad it's so bad his accent is really bad it's really bad but i like the how how much he commits to this role that like (laughs) i'm able to like i'm able to whatever but um he plays a french anthropologist who basically finds out that like there is a um this basically this spiritual or spirit these spirits that are basically nomadic that travel throughout societies or cultures and they're obsessed with um, death and murder and violence and stuff like that. And of course, what place has that more than any place than, you know, the America and, uh, and Los Angeles and Los Angeles. Yeah, specifically. And, um, and he basically, he goes from following them to um, being chased by the, by being stalked by them because they're um, they built a shrine in his garage for like a murderer that was, somehow involved with his new house and and um and then but the the, where it gets confusing is that a lot of this is told in flashback because he dies in the very beginning of the movie but before he does he basically passes his memories on to this nurse or this doctor who is attending to him played by leslie ann dowd and um, she ends up like basically living his memories and it's a very weird movie it's so so these are my notes which i'll just read all of them consecutively which is a quote from the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, they turn 30 and everything is sex, sex, sex. Yeah. Fuck or, yeah, um, hey, stop, which was my favorite quote of the whole movie. And then mm-hmm. none tits and pierced on. Um, so those were my notes, if it gives you any idea of what we just watched. So there's there's some parts of it which are so good and other parts where I'm like, I can't believe this was his first movie. But in the trivia section on IMDb, you see that, I guess, Arnold Schwarzenegger saw this movie and was so impressed with John McTiernan's low-budget film because, you know, that's how a lot of films get made is you have low budget, but, like, people with a lot of heart that want to, like, do yeah. good. Which I will say, personality the hand, while, like you said, while his accent is bad, he really did just give it 100% the entire way. But, um, 
it's 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 really fucking funny. I mean, the nun area. So, like, you know, in the movie, he eventually like um, finds some answers of like what he's looking for, and he's in this like um, what's it fucking called? A nunnery? What is it? What is it called? Well, it's an abandoned building that was. A, I, I assume yeah. supposed to be a nunnery at one point where all the is nuns that what went. it's called? Nunnery? I don't even know. Well, I think you're you all. I mean, you're you're getting Shakespearean on me, but like, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about, but yeah. it was it was really creepy because one, you know, um, one of the nuns is blind and, um, you know, he has a flashlight and so she's just walking around doing things in the dark and he's like following her and then they're running around crazy and then that's where the nun sits come out. But I thought that was re- it was really fucking creepy. It was like really scary. I don't if I saw a bunch of nuns running like that, I would be scared. That um, scene fucking terrifies me. And I think one it of the is, reasons- it's scary. What creeps me out about that scene is that, like, the the idea is that once he's been exposed to these these weird nomadic entities, these spirits, now he's basically opened himself up to everything that could happen. You know, so he ends up going into this like abandoned building where I, I my interpretation of it is that the 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 nun that's I think she's Frances Bay. She was in Blue Velvet. She was in. She I was, was Happy Gilmore. She, she looks so familiar. Happy I, Gilmore's I grandmother. Up, but yeah. yeah. You know. Oh, oh, it's her. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I fucking knew it. I was like, her face looks so familiar. I knew, I know it. My whole take on this whole thing is that all the nuns in that fucking that that place are dead. So he's basically talking to a ghost who's telling him, "Hey, these are these other ghosts that you've been like chasing after, and you need to like not do yeah. that because they're gonna fuck you up." Like she doesn't. Of course, she says it a little bit more creepily and more eloquently than me saying they're gonna fuck you up. But that's the impression I got is that everybody in that fucking building's dead, which is what makes that even, scene so much creepier tits. to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and then, and then the idea that these nuns—they went crazy, and they—they they committed suicide. I, I assume, or something happened, and now they're like haunting this place, and he's exposed to it now. Now that he's—he's he's been exposed to this other world, now he's exposed to everything in that other world, like ghosts and um, nun tits. Yeah, and nun tits. I well, the thing is, is and this is right before Near Dark came out. Uh, I think a year before Night Near Dark came out. Sure. Right? So. Um, you have this like kind of um, thing going on in cinema with like nomadic, creepy people. And while these were not, these were like demons, yeah. you know, they weren't vampires. It was like similar vibe, you know, like punkers and bikers yeah. and like, you know, people of the night, you know, it's kind of thing. Um, I did think it was really funny. Pierce Brosnahan is so good looking in this movie. I can't even get over it. Um, it's, it's, I would watch it again. It's super fun. Um, it is really creepy in certain parts. I like what they've done, like even with the black van, which is funny because we're never going to get over the creepiness of having a van ever. Mm-hmm. Even though every musician needs one, you see a black van rolling near you, you're fucking scared. And you see a white van rolling Yeah, or by any you. type of van. Yeah, yeah, a brown van. Like, And this is funny because even in Black um, black Phone, there's a, a van in um, Blackbird, the show that I mentioned sure. earlier. There's a fucking van, and now there's another you know creepy van of people. It's just, it's we'll never get over it. Vans are creepy. I... I, for me, this movie, because I worked at a video store and I would walk by this box, the video box all the time. And it's like, and so that's kind of why I, it got stuck in my head. And then a few years ago, I watched it. And um, the first time I watched it, I, I think what really stuck out, stood out to me most was the scene, the nun scene, and then um, a few of like the nighttime, like actually, no, some of a few of the broad daylight scenes with the weird nomadic people, like where there's oh, a scene where he's at, 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 at some observatory. Yeah, is it Griffith? Yeah, it's yeah. got to be the observatory. 
it's yeah i mean like it's it's some it's some observatory for sure and like he like he encounters one of the nomadic people and he's the only one who can see him and like he just like completely flips out and he like pushes the guy off the ledge and the guy's just smiling on the way down you know like that to me was like yeah those scenes really stood out but like i think you know when i've watched it again what's really stood out is that like it is very much i have a weird um thing for la films like i know know, you uh, do i I do too it's it's nice to see it's weird not but not like like not like la films like la la land but like la films that's like like oh not la is like a as a as a tourist destination but more of like la is like i live here you know and like the weird and and they really kind of ramp up the fact that like you know LA is a violent place. They like throughout the whole movie, there are people are talking about like violent attacks that are happening. Um, and then there's one line is that I liked, which is the city is full of crazies, guys. You know, and like I like, or there's a scene where like you know he's following these nomads for like 30 hours straight. You know, Pierce Brosnan he's driving behind, following their van, and he goes like places like Okie Dogs, which in high school I'd read about is like that was where the LA punk kids would go hang out after shows. They'd go to Okie Dogs. I ended up going there years later uh, when I first moved here. And it was like, obviously, it's not what it was. And, and uh, it was like, I don't know, it was a weird experience. But like, I, yeah. I do, I do love these type of, you know, movies that are like kind of explore LA uh, from a insider perspective. And then what I like about this one, particularly is that it, it really ramps. I mean, this whole movie is just all it is is atmosphere. You yeah. know, the, it is, and it, but it's kind of funny in, like, an aspect of, like, new people, especially outsiders moving to a city, and then, mm-hmm. like, you know, seeing what goes on and, like, thinks it's something else, which is, there's a scene which the hey stop comes in, which I uh-huh. thought was really funny, where, like, he sees a bad act happening, like, this guy's getting, looks like stabbed in the head, and then mm-hmm. the guy just takes the guy over his shoulders and like throws him into um, yeah. a dumpster and like Pierce Brosnan which I like I like this because you know you're reactive so you want to be like hey stop but also dude use your fucking brain there's like five of them over there and right. that dude just lifted this guy over his head over his yeah. shoulders like you you think you're gonna come out of that okay and like that's kind of where the movie kind of sets off where like they notice him yeah um but I really liked all of that and it also like it's it's like in that niche of where like punks are the bads or like you know sure. just like near dark and like other films you see where like these outside people who are different especially in the 80s yeah um are like villainy um dangerous demons and i like the fact that this movie tries i i think it does really well that it, it tries to build up a mythology but i think it really does it really well in the sense that like it doesn't give you every answer which i think a lot of mythology some of the best best mythology does it where it's like sometimes things just happen or sometimes there's the facts are a little ambiguous because it, it it's it gives the story something a little bit more otherworldly and i do like that mctiernan i can't believe mctiernan of all people made this fucking movie especially yeah. when you look at something like predator which i know he wasn't like he had got brought on to but like or or die hard you know or i mean and i just recently mm-hmm. watched about two months ago i recently watched last action hero it's and that my, movie is Mwah. yeah it's so it like that movie is yeah. like every kid's it just has to be your favorite movie i mean that was like what you desperately invented. for a movie like, lover yeah yeah that's like i wanted as a kid like to be in that movie it's it's still so perfect i um, actually i honestly and I, i've said this before and people some people have laughed and i don't give a fucking shit i think last action hero was a movie way ahead of its time yeah definitely. i really do I, i'm Animals not that's face. why i think it bombed yeah um, the kid from my girl too 
Oh yeah, and um, but what's his face? Um, um, Tom Noonan. No, Benedict. But what's it? Is that his real name? What's his oh, name? oh 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 oh! God damn you know, it! Game um, of Thrones. But like, yeah, I've yeah, always yeah, yeah, yeah. seen I him would... as this bad guy because of his eye and his glass eye. It fucked me up for life. But yeah, what, what's the actor's name? It's not because Tom Noonan was also um, was was in um, he's in Manhunter. He's also in um. Uh, well, another thing I want to this since this yeah. is what eighty six. Um, the music is fucking great. <laughs> like, there's lots of guitar solos, and in the in the trivia, it does say that. Um, yeah, I know that. Like, while Bill Conti, which is um, he's composed so many movies that you've like literally his over 150 movies he's composed and they're all like really sure. great action films but um there's a thing that said like ted nugent played the guitar yep. tracks on it which is yep. pretty fucking funny when you listen to it in there but i feel like it fits like some yeah. stuff can be over the top but it really was funny and good like it was like you know <laughs> yeah um and but it's also jarring uh, by the way that actor that we're talking about is charles dance he was the one who yes. was in last action your own game of thrones um yeah no the, the guitar the music in this is definitely like adds to the atmosphere adds mood and like there's a lot of times when the music like really gets you like takes you off guard you know in certain scenes you know like not a lot of jump scares in this movie but there's moments in this movie that because of the music it kind of acts as a jump scare which i really i really dig um i also really love the fact that the nomads don't speak but i'm going to read off a list yeah. of who the who the actors are because there are people that like have you know are unique enough that you, I'm surprised that you wouldn't have them have any dialogue, but I'm glad they don't. Um, so Mary Warnoff plays one of the main um, nomads. She's like the the tall one with the long hair, the the one that mm -hmm. like at the end, you know, she bursts scares through the yeah. yeah, scares them. She, I mean, she was in Eating Raul. She's in she's Principal Togar in Rock and Roll High School. She's uh, she was in Terror Vision, which we watched. She played the the uh, the the mother, you know, the wife. Um, then you've got Adam Ant, who plays. I guess you. I guess you could say he's the lead um, nomad. He's the one that like bras. Like this scene actually really creeps me out too, just because it feels so like it. It's so simple, but it's like oh god, I'd be terrified. There's a scene where Pierce Brosnan goes home. He sees Adam Ant, this nomad, oh. like outside says, and then he's like he grabs a, a tyrant from his car, but then he's like I'm gonna walk back into my house, and Adam Ant just follows him like real close and then he fucking turns around and he starts attacking him um that scene creeps me out just because i'm like the idea of like you know you're walking home someone's just right behind you just gonna you know follow you behind follow from behind and attack you is just so creepy to me um and then you've got josie cotton who is a she was a musician in la she had a song that's in valley girl called johnny are you queer uh -huh. um it's great she's like kind of like this weird post-punk like chick she was uh she's one of the other nomads and then you've got frank doubleday who barely gets seen but he does he does get enough camera time frank doubleday was in escape from new york he plays the the guy who works for the duke with the fangs mm -hmm. um you've, he was in assault on priest 13 he's i think he's the guy who oh, actually yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um he actually died a few years ago but like yeah he's he was one of the nomads and it's like these are all really talented character actors and it's like a, there's something about the fact that they don't say anything gives them a little bit more it well, certainly makes them creepier it the whole the whole thing is too is like they're evil beings that like incite and like violence and so the way that they push him especially with not having any words to yeah. incite violence and then essentially become one of them at the end yeah it's fucking great it's it, it is it's very 
it's very good and so um and very creepy and yeah. and i did really like that about the story um also i did think it was really funny at the end i i will say who plays the doctor um leslie ann dowd yeah that's right you said her name um which i i know leslie dowd which is really weird um so she was great in a way of where like i was very annoyed by her being insane and like also mm-hmm. when she's in the when she's in the house you know in the wife's house yeah. I would be like, who the, f- I would call 911 immediately. That woman would be shot. Who the fuck? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, but that was really funny because I was like, if I was the wife, I'd be, if obviously she figured it out because she was close with her husband, but she's also like, you knew a lot about my husband. And then she's like, I can see your husband's memory. And it's like, mm. what the fuck are you talking about? Like, hello, 911. Right. And that's what I like about this movie is that it, it does kind of dismiss logic and kind of yeah. goes with like feeling and so like yes there are scenes where like it, you know if, if, uh, as a writer you would be like oh no we have to explain like she's just she just buys the fact that like this woman has some sort of like weird kind of supernatural connection to her husband but yeah it works in the movie it works it, it, it does it, and it, it does adds, yeah, yeah the actresses are great I, I really liked both of them yeah and like the novelization from what i'm told i never got a chance i've never been able to find it but the novelization apparently like fleshes out a lot more but i did read an interview with mctiernan in a fangoria from 1986 um and he had said if you give me one second i will bring up the actual article because i found it and i was like ooh, um because i can't find a lot of stuff that mctiernan says about this movie so um yeah I was very interested in anthropology, explains Nomad's writer-director John McTiernan, a former American Film Institute student who bases screenplay on Eskimo legends. I projected the notion of these Eskimo monsters as something happening all over the world. After I wrote it, I discovered that all nomadic cultures have the same bloody myth, that some of the people out there really aren't people. McTiernan wrote the Nomad script four years ago and found eager independent producer Elliot Kastner willing to take a chance on the usual project. He shot the movie last spring using the CD LA Underworld as a centerpiece. The idea that Connecticut-born filmmaker says from his Californian home is that we walk around and a certain percentage of the people we see and deal with during the day aren't really there. We no longer know the ground we're walking on or feel a connection to the world. And um, and then despite that heady stuff, McTiernan also wanted to make a suspenseful, edge-of-your-seat thriller. Ironically, he chose to make his directorial debut in a genre that easily frightens him. Horror movies scare the hell out of me, he admits. I watch most of them through my fingers. During Alien, I jumped up and ran to the back of the theater. I probably decided to do one because I'm so scared by them. And <laughs> then, despite its sometimes violent action fast pacing, McTiernan currently launching the SF thriller Hunter with Arnold Schwarzenegger realizes that Nomads is not a conventional horror yawn. A number of people were scared to distribute Nomads. It's weird and it's perfectly obvious that it won't be a mainstream moneymaker. I like that part because it's like, oh, he knew what he was getting himself into. Because yeah. it did make a lot of money, but um, obviously Hunter with Arnold Schwarzenegger would become Predator, Predator which is a yeah. far better title. Um, but that was yeah, that, that's I, it's a weird movie that the more I watch it, the more I I I find little things that I just really am impressed with. But I, I do yeah that that scene where like oh uh, the Griffith scene mm-hmm. where it's so good and the music is on point, like it's jarring a little bit, and you're like whoa. Yeah. Um, and he completely loses it. Like that is a on point scene. I would recommend the film. And it to happens in broad daylight. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I, I'm always a fan of when you can make a scene really creepy or scary in broad daylight because it goes against everything that we we think about in a horror movie. And I, I just the atmosphere. There's a scene where he's running around. It's clearly the West Side, but he's running around. It's a kind of foggy, 
and it's out. He's outside. It's where he's going to get chased. <laughs> There's actually a really great scene. He's being chased by this van of nomads, and he bumps into this couple. And this guy is wearing like a leather jacket, oh, and he just starts attacking the guy because he just. And it's like, and then like he run, keeps running, and the guy's like, "Oh, you fucking weirdo!" You know, and it's like, yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, um, I, it's good. Like when I when I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, it is really good. It's very, it is strange, but like it's a good movie, and I can is. see why people like it especially like someone like arnold would be like i can't believe this guy made this movie on this budget you know yeah and you know it's funny because pierce brosnan was on remington steel and he originally was offered the role of james bond but he couldn't take it because he he was locked into another season of remington steel so and then timothy dalton took out and did bond then you know brosnan eventually got brosnan got to be bond but he got to be bond during one of the worst bond periods of all time which is unfortunate because i've always liked him oh i've always liked him too and i i think goldeneye is a a fantastic james bond movie but that's about it and it's like if you had given brosnan like some better bond movies to do he would have been fucking excellent but it's just funny to me that so he, he doesn't he doesn't get to do bond so this is his first film and and you know my my wife was like she didn't know if Brosnan had done other horror films. And I was like, well, Lawnmower Man, I guess, is a horror movie. And then he, you know, I think Brosnan been pop, pops up in a few horror movies here and there. But, like, this is uh, this was his first. And he gets to run around. He gets to be naked. He gets to have a nude scene. He gets to ride a motorcycle at one point. Brosnan gets to, you know, have his cake and, and eat it, too. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm, I almost, we had time constraint because we were supposed to record and I was watching it, but I almost went back and I was like, do we get to see the full dong? But I was like, I'll save that for later. <laughs> no, you get, you get a lot of bras and ass, but you don't get yeah, any dong. Yeah, there's like, it's very shadowed, but like we see full body, which I totally admire. Chops to, to him for that because I had enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, low budget director. And he's like, Hey man, why don't you take your clothes off? Bras and's like, I was going to do it anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> if you can get over the accent, um, Pierce Brosnahan is really good in this. Yeah, I mean, Brosnan's French accent's really bad, but I, I, and maybe this is just me defending it or maybe defending the movie a little bit too much, but it's like, I feel like because the movie has this weird, you know, it's like, not and by no means am I comparing it to Suspiria, but it, it's the same thing with Suspiria where it's like, there you're, the weirdness of the acting, especially if you watch the spirit with the dubbing and everything, which we, you and I have both seen where it's like, you know, a lot of these, you know, aside from, well, Jessica Harper's dubbing her own voice, you know, because they did afterwards, but it's like, it, it lends itself, the weirdness of the acting and the weirdness of the whatever, like lends itself to the weird atmosphere of the movie. And I feel like by no means am I, am I, would I ever say nomads is in the same league as Suspiria, but it does kind of have the same feel of like, Oh, this movie's just leaning completely into atmosphere. So everything else kind of works towards that, you know, like Brosnan's weird. Cause it's not just his French accent. that's bad. It's like some of the weird reactions he has in the movie, especially with his interactions with his wife. You're like, that's just out of place. That's just out of, that's, that's a really strange thing, but it, it fits with the rest of the movie. Um, so I, I, I really dig Nomads. I was really um I, I'm always happy to rewatch it and I always get a, a, the same feeling of like, man, this movie's just that nun scene just really gets under my skin. I watched that I, I hate it, yeah. I watched it at night the first time and the lights were out and I just that scene I was just like, Oh my god, like this, I want more of this, but I feel like more of it would have killed the movie. You yeah, know? So yeah, it was just exactly. the right amount. Yep. So yeah, 100%. I dug it. 
Yeah, it's on Tubi. I downloaded it because I didn't want to watch it with commercials. Um, so you can find it. It is out there. Please watch yeah, it. Yeah, Shout Factory did a, or Scream Factory did a release. I don't know if it's still in print. That's what I watched. Is I have a Scream Factory, um, you know, DVD of it where there's an interview with with Leslie Ann Dow where she basically says like, I have no idea what the fucking movie's about, and it's like, <laughs> well, that was good interview. But um, it's it's you know, it's it's a good movie. Watch it at night, you know, because there's a, like a lot of great sequences that really lend themselves to to a darkened room you know um even that fucking griffith park is like so bright or whatever whatever observatories i where it's so fucking bright and it's kind of like it you know it's, it's a lot of the movie takes place at night and you have this really fucking creepy scene and and it's really good i i heavily recommend it and um you know i'm glad that john mctiernan went on to do predator die hard die hard 3 yeah i mean jail time you, you know um yeah, right. So just think of it this way: we wouldn't have Die Hard without Nomads. So yeah. remember that we wouldn't have Predator without Nomads. So yeah. you know, check so it out. Give some respect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. It started out to be their dream house. What do you think, huh? A place to call their own. <laughs> A home too good to be true. With a secret more horrifying than you can ever imagine. Supernatural. If you've never been frightened by anything, you will be frightened by nomads. <laughs> <laughs>